Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. You're listening to our series, Faith and the Future. Don't forget to check us out online at www.newhopechurch.tv and follow us on all social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy it. Well, I want to welcome all our campuses, no matter where you are hearing my voice. We are so glad you have joined us today. Welcome to New Hope, the family that I love. And so we are excited about what God is going to do today. I hope and pray and have been praying that you have come prepared with your heart and mind ready to hear for what God has for you, that hopefully it'll be life changing, that you will leave this room, leave our buildings better than when you came in. And so I would love to just kind of tell you, uh, you may have been hearing that uh, we've been talking about camp and kids have been going to camp. I went to camp, uh, went there for a couple of days and on my way home, uh, I was, uh, you know, a little bit low on the old gas uh, monitor. And so uh, it said on my little thing and it says, I only had enough gas to go 48 miles. So, all right. I got plenty of time. I can find a gas station. You know, that's not, that's not no big deal. But, uh, you know, God really kind of puts a sign, you know, every once in a while in your life. And there was this big billboard that said, Bucky's, <laughs> 51 miles. <laughs> you know where we're going. And so I don't know about you, but Bucky's is probably the best gas station around, right? It's got clean bathrooms, best, it's got good food, it's, got it's more than a gas station. It's like an experience every time you go. And so, you know, I'm driving and I don't know about you if you've done this before, but there's probably been many times in your life you're praying in the car that this gas will miraculously last all the way through. And I can't tell you how many gas stations I passed getting to Bucky's. Now, as we were getting, as I was getting closer and closer, there was another billboard that said Bucky's six miles. And then I looked, you know, down and I'm like, Ooh, you know, and you start questioning your thoughts at this moment. You're like, well, there's another gas station right there. Should I just, should I just go? No Bucky's. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I was getting closer and closer and uh, just to, you know, kind of give you a little example of where I was at, here's a picture of my gas tank. That, that symbol means something. But that's pretty uh, way below the line right there. Uh, but just to let you know, I made to Bucky's. That's right. Most applause anybody's ever done in here. But really, so, you know, I, I got there and I took this photo. So it was, like, it was like a proud moment, right? And I just took this photo and says, look at that. We, we made it. We made it to Bucky's. I didn't go to any of those ugly and dirty gas stations. I went to the best one. You know, I made it. And then God just kind of told me, kind of, as I took this photo, kind of flipped it on me. And he says, I want you to really talk about this. Is that everyone who comes to church is like this, empty. Everyone who comes to church, for some reason, we are going every single day. We're always moving. We're always doing something. We're always trying to get 
through something. And when we come to church, we come empty because we've given everything we got all week. And it just dawned on me, just hit me like a ton of bricks that every time we come and have church, people are on empty. And that's why it's most important as our subject is today is prayer. We've got to be filling ourselves up with the one true God every single day. And so many times in our lives as we are driving this life that we have, it's so easy just to get some pit stops here and there. But there is only one true God, just like there's only one true Bucky's, there's only one true God that I wanna go to. Because when I can go to Jesus every single day, that's how I'm gonna get filled up. See, I don't want you to just get filled up on the weekends. I don't want you to just get filled up during a church service. You should be getting filled up every single day of your walk. And when we come to church, we should be full so that when we talk to other people, the overflow of what God is doing will flow over to the people right next to you. But I know that it's hard. Life is hard. Life throws a lot of things at us and usually we're empty. But I want us to really learn, my whole goal is today is that we really truly learn that we need to communicate to our Heavenly Father. We need to learn how to really pray. Now prayer is really hard. It's not the easiest thing. It seems like it should be easy. It seems like this lesson should really just be, hey, we need to pray more, let's pray. Because that's really all we should really talk about. But there's so much to it. If I asked one of you to come up on this stage and pray for the people, everyone's running. They're running out the doors, right? Because that would be scary. That'd be crazy to actually pray out loud over people. Why is that such our tendency that we don't, when we, anybody asks, hey, let's pray, everybody's doing the thumbs up thing. Like, not me. Because prayer is hard. It truly is. Because it's kind of difficult that I'm talking to somebody I can't see. And so prayer is difficult. But here's the reason why I think a lot of times prayer is difficult. One of the reasons is because our mindset and where our heart is and what we are meditating on aren't the things of God a lot of times. I have a verse that kind of goes along with this. This is Proverbs uh, 16.2. It's not on your listening guide. You can write this down. Proverbs 16.2, which says this, all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. So a lot of times when we are talking to God, we're saying things that we want or need, or we got some issues or whatever it may be, but God knows your heart. He knows your motives for saying those things. And so he is always weighing them. Where we think they're pure, we think they, I got it going on, I, I understand what I want to do. He's weighing every aspect of what we are saying because he knows our hearts. See, I wanna challenge us and hopefully help us to become this, a person who prays that our will will be in line with God's will so that he could change our hearts and do what he was already going to do. See, I don't know if you got that right now. I want you to listen really clearly. God wants us to pray that our will will be according to his will, will align up with his will and that it will change our hearts to understand that this is what he was going to do. Because so many times when we pray, we're praying our will and we're hoping to change God's mind. 
God doesn't change. He's not going to change. If you had 400 people praying for you, he's not going to change. So we need to align ourselves with his will so that we can change. So God could change our hearts and we can do what God's already planned to do. See, I mean, prayer is a difficult thing and really to kind of swallow and think about what we're going to do every single day and how am I going to really talk to him? Who, how do I do this? Well, I have what I believe in the book of James as we're about to get into, some key points of how we can become a prayer warrior. And what kind of prayer should we be? We see this in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, the prayer of a righteous person. Go ahead and underline that word, righteous the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now that word righteous means just, it means not guilty, it means to be right with God. And the reason why I can stand on the stage and say I am right with God is because I have accepted what Christ did for me. He shed his blood, he died on the cross and rose again. Because of that, I can be covered up with all my sins, that blood covers me, and I can be right with him. And so because I'm right with him, that means I can have power and be effective in my prayer. So it first has to come, like I've been saying, us. We got to get us right with God. Our will needs to be aligned up with his. And when we can do that, we'll become powerful and effective. Let's look at point number one on some ways we can do this. Is prayer is powerful when we pray. Very simple. Prayer is powerful when we pray. Now, I know a lot of us pray. We probably pray over our meals. We probably pray when we're in trouble. We probably pray when, you know, things are going not, this, not as smoothly as we want. But how do we get to where we are praying all the time? How do we get to see that God actually truly hears our prayer? Well, I can tell you in 2013, I took students to uh, Laguna Beach, Florida, where they have blue water every day, not just sometimes. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's always gorgeous. It's always beautiful. They got the beautiful beaches. And so we're going to have a great time at camp. The weather was going to be perfect. But you know how weather goes. Weather changes just like that. And uh, when we got there, it was raining. And then we found out it's going to rain all week long. Not just like a little thunder, you know, little thunder cloud. We're talking rain all week long. And I don't know about you if you've ever been stuck with a couple hundred students in a room where you can't go do anything. <laughs> but it's not that fun. Not that fun at all. And so after I got done teaching the lesson that first night, I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray that it does not rain where we are at all week. We will not see a drop of water. It will not rain here. And that night I took a picture of the weather, you know, your weather app and stuff like that. And it came over this picture right here. And here we are. It was 7 p.m. And as you can see this cloud right here, there was lots of clouds, lots of rain was coming. Little red starts started coming at me. But this little crescent moon right here. And what I want you to see, because I showed the students all week long what was happening, is that this crescent moon of, of clouds what it did is it rotated all the way around us. And so every single day we saw rain, but it wasn't where we were at. We could actually see it raining, 
but it wasn't where we were at. And let me tell you something, that opened the eyes to a lot of students because probably for the first time in their lives, they actually prayed and they actually saw God respond. And I know many of you in, in this room today have been praying for a lot of things and sometimes you just feel like the prayers are hitting the ceiling and they're bouncing right back at you. You don't feel like you're connected because there's a lot of people in this room. There's a lot of people on our campuses. There's a lot of people on this earth and we are all crying out to God and he hears every single one of you. He hears your prayers. And that week, students got to see the power of God. He also, they also got to see the power of righteous people praying and it affected their week and hopefully eventually affected their entire lives. But we have got to understand that we got to take time and truly pray, truly pray to our God, not just over our meals, but really praying. We see this in James chapter five, verses 13 through 14. It says this, is anyone among you in trouble? Any of y'all in trouble? Have been in trouble? Any of you stressed, depressed, got marriage problems, work problems, family problems? Any of us have these kind of problems? I imagine everyone should be able to say yes to this. So we're all in trouble. What does God tell James to write down? What's the answer to it? Let him pray. You wanna fix your marriage, pray. You wanna fix your job, pray. Fix your kids, amen, pray. You want to get something going? Pray. Pray, pray, and we need to pray. But what I love about this verse is it doesn't stop there about trouble. I love this next line is, is anyone happy? Is anyone happy? Well, three of you. <laughs> what does it tell us to do? James says, if any of you are happy, let them sing songs of praise. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of happy moments in my life. My, one of my happiest moments is when I get on the scale and it says, you know, I'm minus 0.3 ounces. <laughs> Amen, right? That's a good day. Of course, you know what I do. I go celebrate. <laughs> then you gain a pound. But what I want to get with this is what I don't want us to miss is I feel like when we are happy or when things are going right, we consume more of the world. Now, I may eat my celebrations, but you may buy your celebrations. You may do others. I don't know what it may be that you do when you are happy, when things are going great, and when you want to celebrate. But for some reason, I notice in myself and in others is anytime that we are happy or things are going great, we stop praying because I don't need God no more. And then I consume the world, whatever it wants to offer. But James is telling us, stop doing all that and sing a song of praise. Why? Because our heavenly father deserves it. Because he's the one that has given you breath in your lungs. Because he's the one that's giving you that job, that family, those kids those minus 0.3 ounces. He's done all those things for you. So instead of celebrating with the world, let's celebrate with God and let's sing his praise because he is so worthy of it. And then it continues on in verse 14 it says, is anyone among you sick? 
Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. This church I believes in the power of prayer and we wanna pray for everyone, not just your physical needs, but your emotional needs. We, we have prayer partners all the time. We have people praying all the time for this church, this congregation, these people. We have a prayer wall where you can post your prayers. People are praying for you all the time. We wanna be a church of prayer and we believe in it strongly. I got another verse for you in Philippians chapter four, verse six. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. There's another verse in your listening guys, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, which says, pray without ceasing. So we have to continue being in this conversation with God. Now let me kind of break that down for you. I break down prayer in two, two forms. One, private prayer. And what private prayer is, is this is where I cut out time and I truly talk to my heavenly father, everything that's going on, all my, what's, all my woes, every, every problem, but every victory, whatever, I carve out time to pray with him. And usually what that looks like is, I don't know, but I don't know about you, but I am old. And so my body does not need an alarm clock anymore. I wake up every day, 5.30, my eyeballs open up. I don't know why, there's nothing I can do about it. It just happens. But usually, because I don't want to get out of bed, I just lay there. And I figure, you know what, if I'm just going to lay here, might as well pray. So that is my cutting out time, and I lay there and I pray. Now, there are some times where I roll over. <laughs> and when I do that, I squeeze out that time. I squeeze out that time because you know what happens? When you roll over, things happen, don't they? your kids start waking up. Work is calling you. Whatever it may be, the distraction of this world starts squeezing out your private prayer life and you start slowly and there's days where I don't pray. And then what kind of relationship do I have with God? And not only should my private prayer and, and really be have time with him, I should have also thousands of thought prayers. And what this is, is where the spirit of God either convicts me, reminds me of what I should be praying for. Oh, that's right, I need, to be, uh, be, I need to be praying for my mom. Oh, I need to be praying for my family members. Oh, I need to be praying for this. Oh, I know my kid's gonna be taking a test. At 11 o'clock, I should be praying for him. You're being reminded constantly by the spirit to say, you need to be lifted up. That is a communication with God. That's why we live out that, that verse in 1 Thessalonians, pray without ceasing because we have our private time and we have our thought prayers. And with that, we can accomplish much. Because let me just ask you this question. If you were in a relationship and the only thing you did was talk for three minutes a day, how good is the relationship? It's not very good, is it? You don't even know them. But we do that with God all the time. I'm gonna say a little quick prayer over the meal. There it is. All right, we talk to him. We're good, let's keep on going. And so we gotta build a relationship with God. You know how to get better at prayer? Pray. You might as well, you might as well write that down. <laughs> to get better at prayer, you need to pray. Because if I told you to be better at sports, what would I tell you to do? Go practice. Like I wouldn't just hand you a ball and go, all right, shoot it once. Oh, look, NBA. 
That's not how it works. You got to practice. If I want you to make good grades, what am I going to tell you to do? Study. You're not going to just do one math problem and you got it. You're going to do them over and over and over again. For you to become great at praying, you have got to continue to pray. Even when we don't feel it, we've got to be talking to our Heavenly Father on a daily basis. So we have got to pray. Let's look at point number two. Prayer is powerful when we share with each other. Prayer is powerful when we share with each other. This is where it kind of gets a little difficult, a little dicey here, because that means I got to talk to people, right? I got to communicate with people what's going on in my life. Now, I know every single one of you are sitting in the same chair you sit in every single week. It's your chair. I get it. We'll put plaques on it. Don't worry about it. But I want you to also understand that the people to your left and to your right are sitting in their chair that they sit in every single week. So let me just ask you a question. If you put these two together, do you even know their names? Because they sit by you every single week. But do you even talk to them? See, we at the church have got to understand there's more than just coming and getting spiritually fat. There's more to it. We've got to share what's going on in our lives. We've got to share our concerns. We've got to share our victories. We've got to share them because there's people in this room who need to hear them, who need to love on us, hold us accountable, get to know. Don't just come to church and leave right when we say amen. Stay, talk, fellowship. Get to know people, especially the people who are sitting right next to you. And we see this verse in James chapter 5, verse 16, which says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. we got to talk to one another. This church is a place we want to create, a place where it is safe to communicate what is going on in my life because I need help. You need my help and I desperately need your help. And every single day we wake up, we need each other to have a victory in Jesus. We cannot go out to war by ourselves because I'm going to let you know the devil's going to pick you off. But when we go as an army, we have, we have much victory with that. And so we've got to learn to talk to one another, fellowship with one another, communicate with others, get people around you to talk to you about what is going on. Because there's a reason why, and we have a verse in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, which says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. But I believe so many times we are all alone when we fall. And I want to be a part of a church that has everyone extending their arms and ready to raise up their brothers and sisters in Christ when they fall. Because we know that we're gonna fall also. And I would love for someone to help me up. You may need two people, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but really, we need to lift each other up, get to know each other, talk to each other, help each other, hold each other accountable. Confess what's going on. And I'm not talking about just the surface level stuff like, you know, I had a bad day at work. You know, or my kids are crazy. Yeah, we all know this. 
But let's really talk. What's really going on in your life? What's really, you know, who are you really? And let's dive into that. And how can God's word help you through all those things? So we got to pray. And then the hard part we got to share with each other. And then point number three is this. Prayer is powerful when we ask for opportunities. Prayer is powerful when we ask for opportunities. See, we can pray, we're gonna pray for our families, we're gonna pray for our community, we're gonna pray for everybody, but I want us to start praying for opportunities that God will use you. It's not just enough just to hear God's word, but we gotta be doers of God's word, you know? And so we, we need truly to be praying that God would open up the doors for us to do something to bring him glory. We see this in James chapter five, verses 19 through 20, which says this. My brothers and sisters, if, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Let me just tell you something, this is probably not politically correct in today's world, but we as the church, especially with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to call each other out. We need to talk to one another and say, hey, you're heading in the wrong way. Let me help you. Let me be a part of that. Let me show you what God's word says that. And so I want us to pray for boldness because you know why? Paul asked the church of Ephesus to actually pray, helping him to be bold in what he does. And we see that as in Ephesians chapter six, verses 18 through 20, which is stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere and pray for me too. As God, ask God to give me the right words so I can be, so I can boldly explain God's mysteries plan that the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in change now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. We need to be bold in what we are doing. You have the cure to death inside of you. You have it. We have got to be explaining what it truly is. We got to be sharing the gospel. And that's just, let me, tell you, let me just throw this out there. It's not just saying Jesus loves you, which is a true statement. Or Jesus has grace, hope, peace that surpasses all understanding. All are true. But I want you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is this. God came down from heaven and put on this earth suit for many, many years, lived a sinless life. And because of that, he died on a cross and then was buried and rose again on the third day. See, that is the gospel. And because Jesus did all those things, the byproduct is that you get to have Jesus' love, his unconditional love. You get to have his grace. You get to have his hope. You get to have his peace that surpasses all understanding. When the world has you on empty, you can still have peace in your life. We truly need to understand that we need to be praying for boldness, that we need to be bold believers. Because I don't know about you, but this world is in desperate need of the Lord. And he's looking at you, not your neighbor. He's looking at you right now saying, stand up, let's go. Let's do this. 
He's calling each and every single one of us to go live a bold life. And the way we're gonna be bold is that our communication with God is strong. You're not bold when you don't talk to him. You're not bold when you don't read his word. And so we gotta continue being in his presence, reading his word. We gotta devote ourselves, which is a verse that's not in your list of guide, but it's Colossians. Colossians 4.2, which says this, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We gotta watch out for the opportunities that God has for us and thankful that he wants to use you in those opportunities. But be, we gotta be devoted to prayer. Now, before I kind of turn it over to the other campuses, uh, there's a song called God is Good. And I love the lyrics. And I would actually just kind of like to, in a sense, kind of pray them over you. And, but I want you to really kind of focus on what these words really say. And can you proclaim this in your own life? Let me read these words to you. May your struggles keep you near the cross. May your troubles show that you need God. May your battles end the way they should. And may your bad days prove that God is good. May your whole life prove that God is good. Let's pray. Now, before we get to prayer, I, I learned this a long time ago. Someone told me that we do a lot of talking when we pray and not a whole lot of listening. And he says, you know what? You should take some time and just be silent. Kind of clear your mind. Try not, to, we're not talking to one another. We're not even talking to God. We just wanna just hear his whisper. And so I would just like to take just a small amount of time for us to be silent so that God can whisper in your ear, whisper in your heart and tell you what he has planned for you. So let's just take that time. I know there's many of you in this room that are in trouble. You got a lot of things going on in your life. And so we're gonna take time to pray, really pray for you. And so I would love to ask if everybody could just stand up. And also I would love to ask that no one leaves. Don't miss out. The world is still gonna be spinning. Let's take time and truly pray that God would use us, mold us and shape us to be more like him. I definitely wanna pray for all the marriages in this room. I wanna pray for the single people. I wanna pray for the old and the young. I wanna pray for this church that the body of believers would get on their knees, not just maybe physically, but even in our heart, we would get on our knees and we would seek him out and wanna be a part of his will.
And after I'm done praying, we'll have prayer partners down here. Do not leave this room without giving up what God has told you to give up. Today's your day. Let's leave different than when we came in. Let's pray. Lord, we are honored to be in your presence. We are grateful for who you are, for you are all powerful, all knowing. You know how many hairs on our head. You know us by our name. You know everything about us. You even know us better than we do. So Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, all the marriages in here, Lord, that you would restore them. Lord, that you would give them blessings, that you would help them mold them and shape them to be more like you, that we would show that we are like the bride of Christ with the church. Lord, I pray for the old and the young, the single. Lord, that we would all chase after you each and every day. May our prayer life be more than just over a meal. More, Lord, may we carve out time to be with you. And may you always remind us every single minute of who you are and how desperate we are in need of you. Lord, I pray for our community. I pray for our neighbors. We have so many lost people all around us, Lord. I pray that we would be bold in the gospel and that we would share it with one another. That you would give us opportunities to share your good news. Help us, Lord, as we walk out these doors. May we always glorify you and bring you praises when we are in trouble or when we have joy. May we always give it to you. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks, guys. See you next week.